Welcome. So this is the first, the initial Under the Ropes podcast, which is a spinoff of the Highfalutin Ski Bum podcast. It's also kind of the same thing, but decided to break it up, give things a try. So what we're doing is we're breaking up the podcast now instead of having it all together, have the core ski section as the regular podcast and then the other stuff that if you're not into, if you're only into skiing and riding, you don't really care about the gondola, the under the ropes. That's cool. The regular podcast will be for you. If you like the other stuff that we've always talked about, welcome friends, because this is where we're going to talk about it. Yeah. You listen to them both. It'll be like putting it, it'll be like assembling your own full podcast. It's going to be like the old podcast was a peanut butter cup. And now we like have a, the chocolate podcast and the peanut butter podcast. Like a deconstructed meal where they do that and they have everything separate. We've deconstructed the podcast is really all that we've done. And you could reconstruct it, reconstruct it in listening, the act of listening. Perhaps it'll be like the Star Wars multiple trilogies, how some people say there's a different order to watch them in. You have to watch is you kind of scrap the Phantom Menace and then you watch yeah. the original first two and then a bunch of the other ones and kind of like I, that. I get it, but it's too much thought put into a set of fucking movies. You know what I mean? Just if you want to start from the beginning, you never saw it. All right, maybe it makes more sense. But I tell you right now, you're going to be pretty disappointed when that um, Star Wars comes out and you're like, this graphics suck on this. You know what I mean? It's going to be different. I mean, when you watch the original trailer. Right. Or the original I mean, trilogy, I mean. I know they, yeah. So you're going to go from like a really new one to a old one back to a newer one, you know? So I just think you'll be disappointed. Yeah. But the story is so much better than the original, obviously. But just start from the, start the way they were they were released. So basically what you're saying is listen to the 231 episode of the podcast and just tack this one at, right at the end of it. I think that's what you got to do. You that's gotta, not a bad you, idea. You know, it's kind of like going back to what you used to be. It's the throwback episodes. The throwback. There's all yeah, the other froze back then. Remember? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, it was a simple I, time, right? Oh, taller. Shorter, big froze. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> more extreme. Hawking Corbett's. Yeah. Remember, you lost like 800 pounds. I got, I got shorter, balder. You know, just a lot of crazy stuff happened. Crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if those times could talk. If you ate ice cream every day, because I know you love ice cream, how how heavy do you think you would get? Dude, I haven't had ice cream in months. Like, I'm I just really... saying, if you just said, fuck it, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Because I was eating pie today, and I cut a piece of pie that was way bigger than I actually wanted, but I was hungry after dinner, and I was like, still wanted to inhale some more food. So I cut this pie knowing it was going to be huge, and then I'm like, powering it down just finishing that and i'm thinking i'm like if i didn't really care and i just ate like this all the time i was wondering like how fat would i be how heavy would i be whenever i eat something dessert or you know pizza or something that i really like that i don't have often my first thought is what is the record for the most that's been <laughs> consumed of this? It's such a demented way of thinking. I forget what it was that I had. I think it was like tiramisu or something. I had like a cup of it and I was like, oh my God, this is so good. What is the record for the most tiramisu eaten? <laughs> you could break it. Sitting? And I'm like, I wonder if I could break it. That's just how my brain 
computes and works with you know things you that i really I've wanted to do that vermonster up at ben and jerry's oh, god yeah see yeah. you should have done it because i was like i'll hang out and watch i'll videotape this i don't care it's the bananas the bananas are, is what kills me there four bananas like i think i've eaten four uh, bananas this year total and a freaking brownie in it right and the, some i can work with the brownie i can work with the brownie the four it was bananas. the last time you ate four bananas and a brownie. Like, isn't there also like six cups of walnuts too? Yeah, and that's not even counting the the ice cream. It's like that's how they they got to get you like that because everybody would be walking in there and just, oh yeah, I'll eat Fever Monster, please. That's right. Well, see the brownies. You know, say you get instead of getting one of the wacky flavors, you get vanilla and you kind of smash the brownie into it, and you've made like a brownie version of the vanilla ice cream which you can, can do with that i guess the banana too but i'm not into bananas in general like, i don't really like them so the four bananas it's like uh, but like they I'd give rather, you all the different flavors it's not even just dude I would, I would seriously rather have chorizo like if you gave me four chorizos i would rather have that than the four bananas huh I w- there's probably a, a chorizo <laughs> is there a stipulation it's like <laughs> Can I can I substitute in some four other dick length food, dick, <laughs> dick shaped food? It's like super bad. What are the ones we have that are dick shaped that are equitable? We're pulling out the banana. What can we replace with it? If you put chorizo in there, I'm back in for the Vermonster. Chorizo with the Vermont with with the ice cream. Yes, I'll just pull. I'll just pull them out and eat them separate. Just like <laughs> I've eaten bull penis before, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Is my lot of work I penises all the time <laughs> yes god damn it so Ben and Jerry's if we could somehow swap out the bananas for chorizos I'll come back and do the Vermonster yeah well chorizos well, are going to be a lot heavier I don't even care my body doesn't doesn't even rep, I can't <laughs> even like that doesn't even comprehend all I'm thinking is I get to counter the sweet with a little bit of spice and salt and fat I think that's about, what I would need. How about bacon bits on it? They replace walnuts. They they take an equitable amount of walnuts and replace them with bacon bits. Well, now we're just getting silly. I was just saying, fresh made bacon bits. Oh, that would be really good. Yeah, maybe even still warm a little. Sprinkle Ooh, them on. Imagine that, like hitting the brownie and the whipped cream. Mm, that sounds a little, super And tasty. then a little bacon. <laughs> maybe a <laughs> <laughs> it'll be like making a uh a bloody mary just like all the shit they put on just put it in the sunday there you go hey, whatever you got this these fat was elated what's this a shrimp great it's <laughs> sure. a celery in there why not Old bay seasoning on your sunday come on let's get weird you can start a trend you can have like you know, ice cream sundaes with like vegetables in them. Yeah, can I have a Brussels sprout and <laughs> and uh, caramel cone uh, sundae? Like, yeah, I don't know. We're starting with our base caramelized onion flavored ice cream and we <laughs> add stuff to it. Onion. Yeah, just add some stuff. It's like that halo ice cream. Onion ice cream would be good. Would it, though? Well, because you'd use it as the base for like That's your bacon. Great. It'd be the bacon holding vessel. Because there's got to be a way to make like French onion soup ice cream. Yeah. You start with that base caramelized and onion. Bacon. You got you use a little bacon in there, a little bit of cheese. bread, some croutons, oh. and cheese. Oh, yeah, cheese why not? <laughs> cheese and ice cream are the same thing, aren't they? Are those sprinkles? No, that's gorgonzola. <laughs> Isn't cheese just sweet ice cream? 
Or ice cream is just sweet cheese, right? Actually, it is, yeah. Right? Sort of. One slow churn, the other one's just slowly aged. I don't know. That it works out. Don't they have like, yeah, like aged ice cream then? Like gourmet, fancy aged ice cream. You know, I wonder like you, you know, you, uh, with, like you do with the meat in the lockers, you can put ice cream in there. But like, this is a 1930 uh, French vanilla. That's what the Bilderbergs are probably eating for dessert at their meetings. It's a good vintage. <laughs> yeah. So what we're doing here, so this is the, the rest of the podcast, the non-ski specific stuff that we're going to just throw together here. And sometimes we just create absolute pure brilliance as we already have in the first five minutes here. So thank you so much for listening. All the info is going to be the same ski podcast.com your feed. If you're uh, subscribed on a podcasting app, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, it'll, this will show up on there. So please keep continuing to subscribe and rate us. We'd really appreciate that. Email is the same ski podcast at gmail.com socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything is the same. So thank you for checking this out. We hope you dig it. We're having fun. Let's just jump right into it. Let's get into the Genjula. So speaking of bacon, chorizo, and your ice cream, psychedelic drug DMT is to be trialed in UK to treat depression. Hmm. This is big because the Brits, those folks love their booze very hard against any sort of quote-unquote drugs. Mm. So for the UK regulators to go forward and to set up the first clinical trial using DMT to treat depression, that's that's a big, that's a big yeah. uh, change for them, which is great. The trial will initially give the drug known as the spirit molecule for powerful hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic trips it induces to healthy individuals, but it is expected to be followed by a second trial in patients with depression where DMT will be given alongside psychotherapy. Oh, this sounds like some clockwork orange shit right there. <laughs> Didn't they go through this? Didn't the British, like, wasn't that a, a British movie? It was a very British movie. Yeah. This damn clockwork, clockwork orange or some other government testing on people. They're saying taking the drug before therapy is akin to shaking up a snow globe and letting the flakes settle, said Carol Rutledge, chief scientific and medical officer at Small Pharma, the company running the trial in collaboration with Imperial College of London. That's not a real school. They just made wonder, that up. I so they could take DMT. Yeah. <laughs> if they're paying us to take DMT, like, oh my God, yeah, we're uh, Imperial College London, sure. <laughs> That's like small pharma. You big pharma? No, no, we're small pharma. We're small pharma, man. We're keeping it real. <laughs> Are you so subsidiary? Sound- they're the subsidiary of, of big pharma. <laughs> yeah, they're the, the spinoff of, of big pharma. That's it. Dude, none of this sounds real. Yeah. This is awesome. I love this. <laughs> they're saying the psychedelic drug breaks up all of the ruminative thought processes in your brain. It literally undoes what has been done by either the stress you've been through or the depressive thoughts you have and hugely increases the making of new connections. Hmm. So they're saying the psychotherapy session afterwards is the letting things settle piece of things. It helps you to make sense of those thoughts and puts you back on the right track. 
we think this could be a treatment for a number of depressive disorders besides major depression, including PTSD, treatment-resistant depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and possibly some types of substance abuse. Man, this all sounds like a Jason Bourne brainwashing kind of thing, like you're going to make super agents or he's going to start controlling people's brains or something. It's cool that they're doing this, though. It's awesome that they're just trying this out because for so right. long we've heard you never there's know. been like anecdotal evidence of this working and really helping people. Mm. And now to have a controlled study where they can take an honest look at it. And that to me is the thing that's pissed me off so much about all the the substance control acts and you know controlling of, of marijuana, making it a schedule one drug. It's really lazy greedy politicians just trying to vilify something without having again only anecdotal evidence without real positive evidence saying this is bad or wrong if you look at marijuana they said back in like the 19 you know 20s they said it you know it made black and mexicans who took it think they were as good as white people and were would get with white women that was that was the hmm. the mo for it back then so that's when they came up with the um, the initial ban in the 30s. 1937, I think, was the initial ban on marijuana. And then after World War II and the Cold War, they continued to vilify it. But now the story was it turns you into a pacifist. We can't have any pacifists. We got to fight the commies. This shit will make you a pussy. Like, we can't have that. Yeah. So they kept changing the narrative. And then in this in the the 60s and 70s with you know the hippies and the anti-war movement, it was actually documented by one of Nixon's people that he said, We can't lock up these hippies for protesting. Let's just take whatever they're consuming and make that a schedule one drug so we can lock them up for it. This hmm. is all if you look at any sort of documentation, there's evidence of all of this. It's all bullshit. It's all just control. All they want to do is control you, be able to find you and do not want you to think for yourself. So I hmm. love that they're doing this. I hope we get to a point in 50 to 100 years where everyone is just fucking DMT out of their minds every day. So I'm the just robots curious, are gonna like, do all the work by then. I'm just curious, like what would you know, like they're saying it's found in several plants, you know, the ayahuasca is what it's but like do they our have street drugs it. for this? Dude, our body makes it. It's just the really? way our um there's an amio inhibitor that also prevents us from tripping balls all the time. Oh the fucker. But you know right? somebody somebody must have some sort of disorder where they don't have that that enzyme or they might be yeah. in asylum and people don't realize he's just, just tripping all the time. Fuck right now. Maybe Elon Musk, maybe he's tripping all the time. Doesn't even realize oh. it. He's just, just DMTing all the time. Naturally. He has some sort of zygote. Isn't a zygote a baby? I don't know. An enzyme. There's yeah. Something in his body that's preventing the stopping of the DMT from tripping him out. So he's just tripping and thinking and, creating brilliance every single day. Oh, what was that Jason Statham movie? It's like that. Crank? Crank. <laughs> crank two? Crank Crank one? Crank two? He didn't die when he jumped out of the airplane? Nope. Um, spoiler <laughs> alert. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Dude, those are, are two... Like, again, it's, I wish they had crank. the trilogy. I wish they would f 
really finish it off. Those movies are so underrated for how just hilarious and ridiculous <laughs> and awesome they are. Oh, and I love that Melanie. Movie. I know. Has like, not seen it? No, she hasn't seen it. I'm like, it's great. So I'm trying to explain, like, <laughs> and as I'm explaining, I'm like, I feel stupider for even. Exp- <laughs> I just feel very stupid explaining and saying that this is a great, you know, a great movie. You got to watch it. Uh, it was just funny. I'm like, yeah, you know, he's like, his heart's gonna explode if he doesn't do cool stuff. So he jumped <laughs> out of a plane, has like sex in in the public, and doing all this driving like crazy. And she's looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? And just is that the way? I can't remember if the first one or the second one is where he's having sex at the um, like the horse race. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. And then the, the other one was like out in the middle, of like a Parisian like a street. street, like yeah, yeah, a street restaurant or something. It's, it's like it's if you haven't seen this movie <laughs> and you want to, I mean, it got a 6.9. They're entertaining. I gotta say, percent movie liked this movie. Google users, dude, it's funny. So he was poisoned that will kill him if you don't have a high adrenaline level. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's a great metaphor for life. Think about if you have a, if you're an accountant, no offense if you're an accountant, they're super important to have. I have a great one. You, you're an accountant. You've got a very low adrenaline job. You're looking at your spreadsheet. Oh, these numbers you, never know. you could be an accountant for the mob and then you're under pressure a lot. What right? if, you, well, <laughs> I don't think you're truly an accountant. I think you're a bookkeeper at that point. Hey, 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 you're CPA. <laughs> CPA. <laughs> Counting people's assets. I'm a That's CPA. <laughs> Cash and checks and snapping necks, right? So you've got a low adrenaline job. And maybe you get that COVID diagnosis, cancer diagnosis, something, one of the big C's. Does it make you reevaluate your life? Why am I not living at a higher adrenaline level? Why am I not? living my life to the fullest, being the person I want to be, starting that ridiculous podcast that you want to start. Why aren't you doing that? You know, you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Do something, do something, try something, move in a direction leading you to the life you want to live. That's all you, I mean, nothing's guaranteed in this. You got to try something. And this is a perfect metaphor. You could have a sip of DMT and just walk around a little ayahuasca. You'd be drinking ayahuasca right now. This movie is a perfect metaphor for how we should be living our lives. Yeah. Crank. Yes. Crank the movie. Crank. Meaning how we life. Should be living our lives. Crank. I actually have this movie on DVD. Get still. I, I, like big, big Ray disc, whatever they called that. <laughs> oh God. What the hell were those things? It was, uh, Oh, laser discs, laser disc. I have a it's, disc laser oh my god they're actually saying it's currently crank three is not under development however it is definitely a distinct possibility somewhere down the line oh it's on the backlog yes because they heard our podcast talking about cutting off the top of the matterhorn and you know they're like we could do that well yeah. he's doing um <clears throat> was it sean hobbs like that um Fast and, Fast and the Furious. I think perhaps, he's in that or one of the other ones, right? Perhaps the Fast and the Furious could kind of like dip into the Crank series and they could kind of cohabitate for one movie and then go back out. Imagine, is he Hobbs or Shaw? He's, he's Shaw, right? I don't know. I don't even know. Well, and there's um, 
whoever Statham is there. Right. I I think the rock is Hobbs and I think Statham is Shaw. No, there's, I don't know. That's the two of them. It's the rock and Statham are the two guys. Is it? Yeah. Imagine, imagine crank three chef Shelios meets himself from fast and the furious. No twin brother. He didn't know about exactly. Boom. That's in there. I mean, I'm I'm excited for this to be part of this picture. Really, just writing this film is going to be an exciting moment for us. We're creating the film as we just talk here. So, if you want some real writers, you want some pe- people to give you some real good ideas, just call it High Flute and Ski Bums. SkiBumPodcast.com. If you're looking for someone to write the third through eighth iteration of your terrible movie franchise, we Dude, are the guys for you. Write this shit all day, <laughs> every day. How many you want? You want us to crank out twelve, or, or we can we can crank these out every week. If you want some crap new Star Wars movies, we'll come up with those too. Yeah, we got great ideas. Yeah, probably better than anybody else's. They have the Mandalorian. Why don't they have the Lando Calrissian? Like, I want like hear about Lando Calrissian's kids. Ah, uh, be like the he'd be like the Antonio Cromartie of space. He's like Colt forty five and like all throughout the galaxy. He's like, man, I got babies on every one of these planets in this solar system. He's like, what's He's up, like, green? What's up, green girl? That's right. He's like, I gotta get out of here. Like, I owe too many. I have some a lot of uh, child support. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a uh, mayor or president of like three different planets because he's like, I'm just trying to make a job, make a make ends meet. I want the Lando Chronicles. The Lando Chronicles, yeah, right. The Lando Chronicles, you do that. The, the Lando Chronicles, and you got to involve Dave Chappelle in the in the writing and filming of that thing. I want Dave Chappelle to be the executive producer of the Lando Calrissian trip. I mean, we're going to start a trilogy. It could be like, oh, it's easily a franchise. You have a little Kung Fu action figures, Lando Calrissian. (laughs) I bet you they had like a a fur coat. (laughs) Real fur. He was a pip of the year. This is made from Chewbacca's bitches. Colt 45. Yeah, he was Billy D. Colt 45. Oh. He did another. Didn't he do another crazy? I think he did Hennessy too, didn't he? Did he really? Wouldn't it be awesome if he was doing some sort of like a like diabetes medicine too down the road? Yeah. I mean, you just see these people do all these weird things. You, you're start, starting to see celebrities doing like drug, you know drug commercials and stuff it's weird especially in japan they're always yeah. like selling they're all doing weird commercials in japan oh yeah yeah i wish we had like a constant japanese tv show here like i just want i don't even want that rick and morty isn't that when they were watching like internet intergalactic cable it's the same thing like there was for a while i remember like when we first got cable flipping through, they had like this Italian station and I'm like, great. I don't understand Italian, but the girls are real pretty that are reading the news. Right. <laughs> and then they would have their fucking game shows and it's this old guy that's laughing it up and trying to get people to do shit. And they would do stuff like, you know, get you out of the audience, put you on a, a tricycle and like throw pies at you or something like that. It's just the most bizarre shit. So, yeah. So I just typed in, Japanese commercials with American celebrities, and uh-huh. they have like a top ten, 
and it's like Tommy Lee Jones for Boss Coffee, Edward Furlong for Hot Noodle, Harrison Ford for Kieran Beer, Arnold wow. Schwarzenegger for Alina Man V Energy Drink, wow. Nic- Nicholas Cage for a Pachinko Place, <laughs> Justin Bieber for SoftBank. <laughs> Damn. So we would talk about going down rabbit holes before the podcast started. If you want to go down the Hollywood celebrities in Japanese commercials rabbit hole. Yeah, but think about it. There's a market, right? We're we're round eye. We can we can we can represent a product too. <laughs> Call us up. Skipupodcast.com. So yes, we're pro DMT. In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> All right. Next up we have the House approves marijuana research bill days after voting to federally legalize cannabis. The research bill, well, federally legalized cannabis was for, um, oh, is that for consumption or for, yeah, those that that's federally legalized it. Yeah, those oh, yeah. So now they passed a research bill, uh, which... Uh, right, you know, fall on the heels on the heels of that federal legalization of marijuana. They're saying um, it will allow scientists to access cannabis from state legal dispensaries. So think about that. So if you can, if you have to get, if you're allowed to get it from state legal dispensaries, right now, what do you have to do if you're doing mar- marijuana research? Grow your own? Yeah, that's where the gray area is. That's why people really aren't doing anything with it. Mm. That's why and they it's couldn't legal. do anything with it. Yeah. Right. And it's federally legal, so you can't get funding. It's a whole thing on that. So, um, yeah, somebody, they interviewed, uh, somebody gave a, a, a quote here and they were saying cannabis laws in the country are broken, especially those that deal with research. Yeah. They had a, a debate about it and they passed yeah, it. What's crazy too is, so it's Earl Blumenauer, who's, he's been trying to get marijuana legalized forever he's from oregon but the crazy thing about it is that the other person who sponsored the bill was uh representative andy harris who's a republican from maryland and harris is a medical doctor and i love what he says here he says now unfortunately because of the public policy we've had in place with marijuana and its scheduling research simply couldn't be done you can't do it under the, the current scheduling. This is on us. It shouldn't have taken so long to get to this point. Hmm. And that's completely spot on. And kind of what I was just talking about before with the way it was scheduled back in the 70s as a schedule one drug, which means no medical benefits equivalent, you know, in the same boat as cocaine and methamphetamines and uh, heroin. It's ridiculous that it was at that point. But again, it was done politically by Nixon and his crew. And to undo something like that is always such a big, it's so much more to do that than it is to just, um, to start from scratch. If something was just had no, no status, if it was neutral to get something. I mean, you look at this numbers of people who are pro legalization now. It's like in the 60 to 70% across the United States. More, more than you know. I mean. But what's crazy is you look at the, over time, back in like the 90s, it was like 20%. Yeah. Because you know why? Because that just say no bullshit was just. People hammered. were afraid. They As were a afraid. kid? Oh my yeah. God. I thought drugs are bad. It's like, as I see my parents hooning down two cups of coffee every morning. <laughs> yeah. You know, boozing every night. Like 
those are drugs, but oh, but yeah. those oh, they're not drugs. That's they're just coffee drugs. and alcohol. That's, That's not just, a drug. It's just a drink. What are you talking about? Everybody's able to justify their particular drug of choice, and everyone else is an asshole because they use something different. And it's yeah. just it's unfortunate because again, it it, it throws the baby out with the bathwater. There could have been three or four decades worth of research at this point. And yeah. you know, that's why uh, what's, what drove me so mad about the whole political system this year with the election is that you have people going, well, follow the science. And the problem is, I don't know what the science is. Like, yeah. I don't think you do either. The person and who's the- trying to tell is follow the science because everything is skewed now. Everything has become political. It's not yep. just, it's not just, Oh, you know what? I don't really know the answer to this. I haven't done any research. I don't know. You almost have yeah. to have an answer and a stand for everything. No, and but science, they corrupt just like they do numbers. Numbers are universal, right? So when they say, oh yeah, there's statistics. Well, there's statistics being reported in a way that's that's misleading and skewed to the way you want. Uh, science the is the sugar same industry. way. Yeah, Saturated but science is the same sugar. way. Mm-hmm. They just, they take it, they spin it, and there you go. We we did a study, you know, and, and they make it all complicated. So you get the glassy-eyed look when you're talking, you know, when you're listening. And they try to wow you with, you know, these big words and concepts and lead you down someplace that zones you out. And meanwhile, they're they're basically, you know, if you read between the bullshit, it's it's not substantiated at all. They just are spinning it the way that they want. And it's, it's really kind of, it's really misleading. They hide behind, no, it's science. It's a hundred percent or it's math. It's a hundred percent. Well, they cook the books however they want. Every, everybody does that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's skewed science to get the result that you want. Because a lot of times with this quote unquote science that you're saying, we have to follow. Unfortunately, a lot of times you're starting with an outcome that you want and you're going to skew your data. Yeah, exactly. You're going to back into that solution, which is really unfortunate and detrimental to all of us, really. And it's the same thing is going on with what's happening with with marijuana. You know, they wanted it illegal. So they found ways to make it illegal, even though it, it was undeserving. And there are so many pioneers that have just been fighting the last three or four decades to get this legalized. And unfortunately, a lot of them have passed over the last few years. But it's incredible that, you know, I, I think about myself when I was in grade school and the just say no, just being hammered in your head. And to, to from that to now be at where the House of Representatives actually passed to legalize marijuana. I mean, it's it, it feels like there's back then it seemed like it was never going to happen. It could it could never happen. It was only the crazy hippie guy in the van who's got the legalize it sticker. And you're like, oh, that that friggin dorky loser. Ha <laughs> ha. Right. And then you put in yourself in an image. You're putting yourself in an image and everybody else is putting you in this image of, oh, that's who you are. The stereotypical, you know, stoner that lives in a van down, you know, and just hangs out all day, you know? Yeah. And it's, again, it's stereotypical and it goes back to the whole Gandhi quote, you know, like first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. And that's, that's exactly what this is for a lot of those folks, you know, the Tommy Chong's like those guys who've been fighting for this for decades, yeah. who, uh, you know, have gone to jail who there was, um, I think, do we have it in here? It's one of our stories. The guy who's been in jail for like, oh, the 90, well, yeah, the like 90 that, years old, he's been in jail for like, what, 70 years or so yeah. for, for marijuana. 
for marijuana wanna you're in jail like give me a f- it's a plant you in jail if you have basil you go to the grocery store you buy a whole bunch of other goddamn plants and you're good to go yeah yeah, we don't. We didn't have that story in, but that yeah. that was the uh, last few days. I remember hearing that. Yeah, the oldest, the oldest marijuana convict is like ninety something years old. Mm. I mean, any any prosecutor, any police department, anyone who was part of putting that guy in jail, they should be absolutely embarrassed. They really yeah. should. Like you see, I know I follow a bunch of like smart ass libertarian people on Twitter. And the, you'll see a picture of, they showed one, it's like a pot bust. And you know, like the, 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 the whole police department will like be on display and they'll have oh, the, yeah. all the, all the booty they require They're you know, And they're all like standing there all tough. I saw one, it was like a, a bag of weed and like 300 bucks. And they're like standing there like, like we stopped, we stopped drugs from happening today. And they're all a bunch of fat, out of shape, like disgusting people. Wow. And they're, they're so proud of their big bust that they made. And meanwhile, the, the actual bust was a lot more bags and a lot more cash. Yeah, seriously, right? Uh, it's crazy. Yep. All right, last up. Cannabis review site Weed Maps agrees to $1.5 billion <laughs> deal to go public. That's a big deal, man. Billion. Damn, just for telling people where to find weed. That is a great site, though. So WM Holding Company, cannabis <laughs> technology company, which operates the online U.S. platform Weed Maps, where users find and rate marijuana sellers, said on Thursday it has agreed to go public through a merger with Silver Spike Acquisition Corp. The deal to take Weed Maps public, which values the company at around $1.5 billion, is a rare example of a business focused on the cannabis sector listing on the U.S. stock exchange. Companies are unable to list shares in the United States if their business involves selling marijuana or is plant touching, which Weed Maps is not. When you look at what we're offering to investors, there's really not too much else like it. That was the chief executive, Chris Beals. Was founded in 2008. They expect to receive gross proceeds of up to 575 million bucks from the deal, in part from proceeds Silver Spike had raised, and also through 325 million in a private investment in public equity or pipe transaction. Investors in the pipe include funds from the Federated Hermes Kaufman Funds, Senvest Management LLC, and AVF Partners. Hmm. So Silver Spike shares were up 8.8% when this was reported on Wednesday. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So Weedmap is on track to deliver $160 million in revenue and has been profitable for its entire 12-year history. That's wild. That's and crazy. All, just all think about the market. Nobody else is advertising anywhere else because weed is taboo. So they came in and said, Hey, we'll create a whole site just on weed and tell you where to find it. And you know what they're carrying? A lot of advertising for a lot of people that are making a lot of money right now from weed. So yeah. it's excellent business model. And hey, you know, it's a great site and it's it's great to see them getting paid too. Yeah. Good for them. Getting paid, getting paid. Way to go, weed maps. You go, young blood. 
All right, and that wraps up the old gondola. So now we're going to go into your favorite and ours. Under the ropes. Vladimir Putin's doomsday plane is broken into and robbed of equipment. So I guess back in when everybody was creating these planes, you US had the, you know, Air Force One and all that stuff. Uh, I guess that's when they, they kind of uh, had a plane like to start. Um, and they say, you know, the first such ones flew since, you know, 1985, uh, which is around when Air, the big Air Force One came came around. I think Reagan did that, right? Was that, Was that a Reagan thing? I think it might have been a Reagan thing. Um, and then it was refitted and stuff like that. So, but it really, like the big 747, I think that came around with Reagan. I'm not sure. Uh, they actually had a, a, a show on it and I don't remember. But uh, Russia's so called doomsday plane, which is, um, you know, to be used by Vladimir Putin in the event of a nuclear attack, uh, it was broken into and stripped of his equipment. So it's a new, an Aleutian 80 uh, was undergoing maintenance in a Tatanrog in Tatanrog uh, in Southern Russia. When the thief struck breaking into cargo hatch and swiping $13,000 worth of gear, according to Moscow times. So shoe and fingerprints were found inside the plane. So oh boy, Putin smoke spokesman Dmitry Pek, uh, Peksov said the robbery was a quote emergency situation unquote and promised that quote measures will be taken to prevent this from happening again in the future unquote. So they did not specify what was stolen because they probably had shit that they don't want anybody to know about. So. Besides the story being so awesome, I love that the New York Post, the sidebar has all these other Putin stories and they're <laughs> yeah, all like a Putin page. Dude, they're all fucking gold. Vladimir <laughs> Putin allegedly has a secret love child with cleaner now worth a hundred million dollars. Uh, <laughs> Putin's ex-son-in-law reportedly acquired $380 million in stock for a hundred bucks. <laughs> awesome. Now, I will say the cleaner that Putin had the child with is absolutely stunning as far yeah. as cleaners go. I mean, Wait, this isn't me like, this isn't this is like a Putin handpicked cleaner. This isn't like a, uh, you know, Oklahoma getting your condo cleaned after your Airbnb kind of cleaner. This is like a, uh, Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. She's a smoke show. And <laughs> I think there's only a couple oh, things yeah. that she was actually cleaning. Let's be honest. <laughs> Two things, and they're on Putin's <laughs> midsection. These pipes are clean. <laughs> Cleaning some pipes and some balls. That's all she's doing. For sure. Wow. So did it actually interviewed say, her right at the strip club? <laughs> so did they actually? Oh yeah, she was a she was a French maid at a uh, Kiev strip club, which is. Uh, <laughs> still makes her how did, how did we know all this she's a goddamn french maid french maid she, she wore a french maid outfit thus she's so, a cleaner she's <laughs> so now did they actually say what was stolen from the plane no <laughs> his pride what the hell do you think is in putin's doomsday plane you think it's like know. like playboys from the 70s and 80s <laughs> it's fucking tonka trucks <laughs> like <laughs> And like Pokemon cards. I just, I mean, 
if you're Putin and you're thinking, this is my doomsday plane, this is what I'm going to survive on. I just Dude, imagine it's, it's like all like fucking SMN, SNM shit in there. He's like getting whipped. I was thinking Torching. like, I was thinking old Playboys and like Kit Kats. It's <laughs> <laughs> like some snacks, some treats. I don't know, man. That's fucked up. Maybe a video game, little little Atari in there. Like a Game Boy. <laughs> so what was big in '85? It's probably like the same shit from '85. Like, That's what I'm saying. Like you gotta think. When was shag Putin? carpet? Goddamn wallpaper and goddamn. Like when Putin was a child, when he was a young a young man. Like what were the things he was super into? And you gotta think it's probably that. Yeah. You know, like an Atari with like a like a hockey game because I know he's a he's a big hockey guy. Oh yeah. Total he's sniper. Like a, he's a, a skating sniper. rink in there. Can you imagine a fucking skating rink in it? He's got like his a little fake ice. <laughs> he's got his little Zamboni. <laughs> a Yeti cooler and a Zamboni, and he's gonna make his own ice rink. He'll be fine. That's it. He's probably like on that plane, like in his hockey gear, watching some Russian like hockey game on like a little TV. <laughs> They're like, yes, sir. Your hockey gear is radiation proof. He's like, okay, good. <laughs> I would accept nothing less. Fucking Putin. Goddamn Putin, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Goddamn post. They're on it. I like it. <laughs> They're all over it. <laughs> so, yeah, their planes were built to withstand electromagnetic pulses and have few windows to shield its passengers from nuclear explosions. Hmm. Made in 1985, the golden era of Russian innovation. Oh, that's funny. It's great. I love that. Had that thing right. jacked. Right. Oh, you know this. People, some people are going to be disappearing soon. Things are on eBay right now. <laughs> <laughs> the whole plane. They're like, we'll steal it later. Yeah. Next up, I think you all know our kind of our, our catchphrase. Besides weekly audio ski trip, it's Yachty Yurt. Yachty Yurt. So there's a new release this week of the Inda Mega Yacht. It is 120 meters. Damn, that's beautiful. Giving a full-on Transformer vibe with its expanding beach club. Yes, it has a beach club built into oh, the goddamn awesome. yacht. Equipped with patented rotating transom bulkheads, the swim platform opens out to an expansive floating terrace complete with sun pads, lounge area, gym, sauna, and tender access. Did you see the picture of it? I sure did. That second picture, and it's just like it's, it's basically the back extends out and has this gigantic platform now. It's so dope. Like it's oh, it's, it's, awesome. it's almost beyond words how dope it is. Yeah. And it looks like sleek and futuristic, and even the tinder's like the same style. Yeah, the above on the upper deck, there's a pool while a jacuzzi and helipad are located on the foredeck, the interior offers 12 guest cabins, including an owner's suite with a private balcony, as well as quarters for up to 32 crew members. <laughs> Dude, that jacuzzi holds probably like at least 20, 30 people. Oh, my God. Right? It's, it's like a jacuzzi slash pool. Yeah. It's just gigantic. A sleek steel hull and aluminum superstructure complete the futuristic vibes while solar generating surface coatings, vertical wind turbines, a diesel electric propulsion package, and four MTU-16V engines will keep you cruising clean 
at a top speed of 24 knots. Wow. Clean diesel. Clean. Look at that. You're actually improving the planet by getting this yacht. You have to look at the pictures. Like the yachts this company makes are absolutely bananas. Well, what's amazing, right? So I'm looking at the picture. I'm like, oh, that looks nice or whatever. And then I love how they put the people in it, like the girls hanging out, because you're like, she's pretty small compared to the rest of that goddamn yacht. I'm like, that thing's huge. That's, yeah. This thing is, (laughs) it's unbelievable the size of this thing. It's like like a small cruise ship. Oh, yeah. But that back when they put it all out, like they have the girl standing by the uh, by the steps to give you like a point of reference. And you're like, you could have a power, probably about like, what is it? Like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, probably like 10 or 15 people standing on the back of that thing. And that's just a little ramp to jump in and out of the water. This is the kind of yacht you want like your uncle to have. Oh. Yeah, so he can deal with all the crap about winterizing it and paying for gas. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll find a way to get out there. I'll, I'll find a helicopter to take me there. I'm sure it's going out on the boat. Motor. Okay, I'll, I'll meet you on the boat, right? That's it. This isn't like some little uh, 12 foot dinghy or something here. This is a serious nautical vessel. And it's got like four decks and then the, the, the platform to hang out with all your toys. Oh my God. Like, I can't even put into words how awesome this boat is. And you know, they probably have like jet skis and all the fun shit in there too. Probably like rocket launchers too. Like, hey, look, there's a whale. Shoot a bazooka? We're, we're in international waters. You want to shoot a bazooka? It's a dolphin. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Could you like, like, how many, I wonder how many they're going to make of this. How I mean, much was how this? How many this people... Uh, it's again one of those things like if you got to ask you can't afford it damn it I just don't want to know what I can't afford I mean what what would you guess like 200 million I would guess I couldn't even afford the insurance on that thing (laughs) (laughs) and or gas I couldn't afford afford the force oil change on this vehicle dude how much you know how much gas that must use but it is diesel still shit's expensive yeah. You're not going out for for under hundred bucks. Please kill me. Well, they are based in Hollywood, Florida, so maybe you can roll over there and talk yeah. to the folks. Roll over there, be like, "Hey, can I take it for a ride?" Oh, we could have a highfalutin ski bum like throwdown on that thing. I mean, once we, get, once we got to international waters, we'd be fine, right? They couldn't touch us. Oh, then the gambling starts. You extend Monkey, that thing. Monkey gambling. knife fights, baby. <laughs> That's right. God, God damn. Knife fights going on. <laughs> Monkey Freaking. knife fights. That's where international <laughs> waters exists. That's right. Rat races. We got it all going. <laughs> yeah, the big sleazy going on that boat. Have some special like ghetto barge where all that happens. <laughs> Somebody gets on like, uh-huh, we're playing Baccarat? No, no, we're playing dice. <laughs> oh, you mean craps? No, dice. Dice. <laughs> we, got a, we, we got an old like piece of box. like Cardboard know, box, yeah. Rolling up against the cardboard box, buddy boy. <laughs> you know, Baccarat here. Zim. <laughs> Zim. Boy, you the goddamn about, devil. What y'all know about Zim? Oh, man. Yes, yeah, that's a pretty it. sweet boat. Love that boat. Very impressed. So I told my wife that's the only thing I want for Christmas ever. <laughs> it's a giant yacht. Giant yacht. I said, I'll even throw on my birthday. You never have to get me another present at all, ever. 
Just get me one of those. And really, she's the big winner because she gets to use the boat. I know. I'm going to deal with the the insurance, the cleaning. Like I'm going to be out there scrubbing that goddamn boat. <laughs> Do it all yourself. All myself. Fuck that. I don't need a crew. You're like siphoning off people's gas to like fill your boat. It's like digging over somebody else's like Maggie out, just like just sucking it, just like getting the siphon going. <laughs> Man, don't park next to that guy. He's gonna steal all your gas tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I park next to him. That fucking guy. He's not welcome here. Uh, <laughs> Bastards. All right, this is uh last up. This is a situation that's near and dear to our hearts, right? So We've the been man talking about this for years now on the yeah. podcast. And finally, the man who found Forrest Fenn's famed treasure reveals his identity. A man who claims to have found the treasure belonging to the eccentric collector Forrest Fenn reveals his identity in an online post. So he revealed himself uh in a post on oh, Medium as Jack Stoof. And he said he searched for two years before finding, it, before finding it in June in Wyoming, where Forrest hit it 10 years ago. So Fenn confirmed the discovery and died months later at the age of 90. Convenient. So, convenient. Or did he, did he get knocked off? I don't know. Like, you tell everyone that I found it. That's right. He might have just been effing with everybody and been like, oh, I'm going to just... Tell you, yeah, yeah, you found it, but there might be one still out there. So he, uh, Stu uh, remained anonymous because he did want, not want his family to endure the stalkers, death threats, home invasion, frivolous lawsuits, and potential kidnapping that Fenn's family did. Oh, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I mean, you got money, people want to try to get it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So he was prompted to reveal his name after U.S. District Court in New Mexico ruling last month. That means that Fenn Estate must provide uh, Stoof's name and address in the lawsuit brought on by Plaintiff Barbara Anderson, a Chicago-based lawyer who spent thousands of dollars trying to find the treasure and claims her emails containing her progress in the search for treasure were hacked. So she basically went, so Stoof called the lawsuit meritless. In the blog post, but did empathize with other adventure seekers who wished uh, to find the treasure. So she was bitter and then decided to sue him to reveal his name. Classic lawyer move. Just weird. Like, why? Just because she wanted to, right? So the, the treasure, they describe it now, is a bronze chest filled with gold, jewels, and other valuables worth more than $1 million. It was hidden a decade ago somewhere in the Rocky Mountain wilderness, and Stu said it would uh, he would never reveal the exact location of the treasure saying the natural wonder of the place that forest held so dear will be destroyed by destroyed by people seeking treasure. They hope I dropped on my way out or forest on his way in. That's pretty wild. He said he brought the treasure from Wyoming to forest in Santa Fe and later put in a vault at a secure location in New Mexico. Hmm. Wow, so it's been so, worth a lot. But that's the weird thing. It gets a million dollars. I mean, right? Like, that's what it is. A million dollars worth. I don't know. I mean, if it was gold and jewels, right? It could have been a million dollars at the time he put it there. Mm -hmm. And gold's gone up a lot. Well, for 10 years, yeah. I mean, what was the gold price back in... What year did he start? I said 10 years ago is when he... When he buried it. 
2010. Let's see, 2010, $1,400. All right, so it's 1800 now. So it's, yeah. well, you know, it's a nice uh, chunk up, yeah, 30% up. Yeah, about 30. That's not bad. And then jewels. So who knows? I mean, he I says just, a million dollars. I love, it, I love that it was actually like a treasure chest. Yeah. Like, did he have to have that made? Because like, you don't just. Oh, sure. I'm know, sure he had to have, get that all special custom made. Go to like a special jeweler and you got to make it. Like, how cool of a job must that be as the jeweler making a treasure chest? Yeah. What was your best piece of. Uh, Piece of jewelry, treasure chest. You say that with a straight face, people are like, whoa, <laughs> you're the real deal. Because <laughs> you got to design the treasure chest too, because it can't just be simple. It has to have all kinds of jewels and in, embedded medallions and some sort of yeah. like overall theme and look to it. Like, did they whiteboard it? Did they have somebody doing some sketches and some mock ups? Or do you just go, yeah, I'll take treasure chest number three, that design up there? Yeah, because you want it to, because you, you whenever you watch a movie and they find an artist to do it, and oh right, yeah, you gotta have renderings and like a whole like theme to it and a design. Like, did he have his initials like written in gold or engraved? I just want to see a picture of the treasure chest. I don't care about all the jewels and crap inside. God bless you. Hang on to that. Well, think about it. like so to do like a a casting right. They actually do the cast. They'll carve it, carve it out. Then they do the relief, and then they do the actual casting, right? Like how they make dinosaur bones, right? Yeah. They make the cast, and then they because it's all gone, right? Yeah. When they find the fossils, it's the missing part, the relief, like you said. Yeah, and then they pour. A, they have to create the cast, and then they create. You know, then they 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 actually cast it. Yeah. Treasure yeah, chest designer. Like, do you, is that like on LinkedIn? Could you look up treasure chest, chest designers? Designer. That's a good one. It seems like a very specific niche within the jeweler realm. So, how much is Forrest Fenn was he worth? That's what I'm wondering. I that think worth look, 2019. I'm pretty sure we looked that up. Probably more than Peter Vockel's worth. <laughs> Is he's definitely hiding a lot of money from whatever authorities he's hiding from. Let's put it that way. This was this might have been a tax write-off for him. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Goodwill. A million dollars in jewels. That's right. <laughs> That's the equivalent of the Ren Dolphin Mortimer Mortimer Duke uh one dollar bet. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they don't say it's all cryptic. You can't find his uh net worth. Good for him. That's how it should be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Mr. Stoif. Stoif, Stoff, And we're probably Jack. Just I don't know why I thought his name was Doug. Jack. Mess, messing it all up. Congratulations, Jack, on finding it. Pretty awesome. Well, thanks, everyone, for checking out the first iteration of the Under the Ropes podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at skibumpodcast. And it's an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. Stay high, stay flutin'. See ya.